I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Welcome to Unapologetically You. We have not one, but two pretty cool guests today. Jean and Kathy are sisters with an incredible bond. Kathy was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. After receiving this diagnosis, Kathy and her sister Jean finally reconnected. Jean has now become the caregiver to not only her parents, but Kathy as well. During the interview, Kathy shares with us some of her talents she discovered after her diagnosis. Check out our Instagram to see. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that we can continue to bring you these awe-inspiring stories. And stay tuned as Kathy and Jean give us a glimpse into life with Alzheimer's. Welcome, Jean and Kathy. This is a first for us with having two guests on. So thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, We're totally. Thrilled. Um, we both admire the relationship that the two of you have together. Not only do you two have an amazing presence together, if you haven't looked at that, looked them up yet on TikTok, they are amazing. But it's apparent the love that you have for each other as sisters. Jean and Kathy, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your living situation right now? We're living in our parents' basement, which is actually working out really well. So we can help them and they can help us. And when we say parents' basement, it's like a gorgeous, huge 4,000 square foot house Yeah, on the ocean. It's gorgeous. So don't anyone feel sorry for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I've seen some of the, the backgrounds from your TikToks and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it looks like a vacation all the time. It's beautiful. Right now, this living situation, you're living with your parents and that is benefiting your parents. But Jean, I guess, how did you become the caregiver for your elderly parents and now your younger sister, right? Excellent luck, that's how. So <laughs> this is what happened. So um, Kathy and I had not been in close contact throughout the 2010s. And we were actually in a big feud at the time. And it was all her fault. No, not really, but anyway. <laughs> so we we hadn't really been keeping tabs on each other, but then we reunited and you know everything was great and Kathy was newly remarried and, and you know it was, really great. But then I visited her about four years ago and, and uh, I, I visited her to assist her um, with her company's bankruptcy. Kathy was a savvy businesswoman. Her entire adult life was incredibly successful. I went down there to visit her, visit her and she was crying all the time, engaging in like repetitive behavior. When she went out to driving, she would get lost. But because there's no like zero history of Alzheimer's in our family, we assumed initially it was a mental health issue, like anxiety or depression. Sure. So she went to a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist to be, be treated for that. And though that treatment went on for like a year, Kath. Yes. Until finally I went there at a certain point within that year, stole her from her husband who really wasn't equipped to understand or know what she was dealing with brought her back to where I live on Vancouver Island, got her into under a doctor's care here, and then eventually she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's mm -hmm. exactly two years ago. So it was really me seeing something was seriously wrong yeah, and wanting to get her in, into a positive situation, mainly with us and our family. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about receiving that diagnosis? I was actually happy to receive it because I didn't know what was going on with me. It actually went from like her feeling like wringing her hands continuously and just in a state of hyper anxiety at all times to a sense of peace and like, okay, here it is. Now what are we going to do? Right. Well, I'm sure because you're thinking like, what is going on with me and my body? And then at least 
knowing that doctors understand it and know it, at least you have a path to go towards. So I, I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. So we talked a little bit about the symptoms previous to actually receiving the diagnosis, but is there, is there telltale symptoms for Alzheimer's typically, or? I can tell you a few. Sometimes I, it takes me a while to extract the name of, what, of something I'm looking for. I need help with uh, washing and drying my clothes. I, I can't drive anymore, which was very sad for me because that was my freedom. Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck here. Yeah. In the early days, mm-hmm. before you knew, Kath, yes. the signs were kind of like, and everyone always wants to know, and the interesting thing about Alzheimer's is it's distinctive for each individual. But for Kath, what it was, was a lot of kind of untethered anxiety, getting lost while driving, um, inability to do tasks that she used to be really skilled in, such as her business was uh, fine art supplies and running a school of art. And so she'd always have to be on top of inventory. And sure. she lost her capacity to do that. Yes. And so she'd forget to order things and just things that were not characteristic sure. of yeah. Kathy. Yeah. Um, other things like being emotionally laid well, like she would be all over the map emotionally. She was frightened all the time. She would I had so much anxiety and and so much fear about what was happening to me. Yeah. And you would um, do like calming behaviors, like repeatedly playing Mahjong for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Alone in my room. Kind of like a self-soothing behavior. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And just a lot of um, confusion, I think. Well, like, what the fuck is happening to me? And that feeling. And, and, And also because she lived in a city, like she was far apart from all of her family. So her new husband didn't have context to who she was. As soon as we reconnected with her and saw what was happening in her day-to-day life, and just even, like, forgetting to shower, you know? Sure. Like, stuff like that. Yeah, I just wasn't thinking about those kinds of things. I was too afraid to, to understand what was happening with me. It's like you were trapped in a tornado of your own anxiety and fear. Exactly. And it, it was dominating exactly. everything, including, yeah. and also anxiety and fear does impact your ability to like to be cognitively alert. Sure. Process things effectively. So it's easy to make that assumption that this is anxiety and fear it was causing my cognitive issues. Ultimately, that was not the case. Even you just kind of explaining that the two of you, your bond is so amazing. I know that something happened and you two weren't together for a period of time, but like, look at how strong your bond between the two of you are that you knew you went there, you picked your sister up and you were like, come on, we're coming on home, you know, yeah. like, it's <laughs> exactly. absolutely beautiful to see that, you know, really to come is. full circle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Jean um, saved my life. So once you receive the diagnosis, um, have your symptoms worsened that you've noticed? Things are changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. The loss of the language, which I love so much. This is why we make a great team, because I know Kathy so intimately that sometimes I can see her flailing in the brain there to try and, you know, fish out what she's trying to say. But I feel like I know what you want to say. You do. So I, I can just kind of give her a little nudge, a little push in that direction. And then once it's like almost in Parkinson's disease, when you stop and then you need a little slot to get started again. Right. And that's what it's like for Kathy cognitively. If she gets a little hint of where she wants to go, then there's a great book called Still Alice. And it's about a woman's journey with Alzheimer's. And in that book, she describes it as her memory being like a bubble. 
and she can almost see that bubble pop and she's trying to grasp it. So she reaches out to grasp it, it pops, you know, and that's what it's like. Memories mm -hmm. become very tenuous and hard to get at. And so I can help Kath with that by being her teammate or like I said earlier, her, her vocal guard dog or guide dog. That's right. To help you get that's to where right. you need to go. Because one yeah. thing with our TikToks, our TikToks are the Kathy project, are that we never want to show Kathy in an undignified situation where she's struggling or she feels embarrassed or humiliated, even though it doesn't logically follow that one would feel humiliated by something one has no control over, is tender in that way and can become very sensitive to other people's judgment. So we just don't, so we do the TikToks in a very kind of curated manner. Mm -hmm. So that she's never left like kind of, you know, blankly looking and trying to figure something out. Or like looking at you. Or like for an answer. <laughs> well, that happens sometimes. It does. <laughs> and, and also another big deal for us is that Kathy has full insight into what's happening to her. Absolutely. I know some people with Alzheimer's don't have that. They're not aware that, that this is happening. They, they really have no idea that it's happening. Kathy has never been like that. She has full insight. So I have the pure form, which I'm happy about. Sadly, it's not the same for other people. I'll clarify what Kathy means by pure form. Yeah. So other forms of dementia, there's like frontal temporal lobe dementia, there's Louis body, Louis body, Parkinson's. Robin Williams said Louis body, Huntington's. Yeah. So they're all various forms of brain degeneration. Yeah. Alzheimer's is the most, the one with the most predictable progress and outcome. Other forms of dementia can cause like major, major language loss, for example, or behavioral issues which Kathy doesn't really have. So when Kathy says, I'm so glad I have the pure form, that's what she's communicating. Yeah. 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 Kathy and Jean, what's a typical good day look like for you guys? Because I can't drive and I rely on other people. Jean takes me for lots of outings, which I really appreciate. You know what I would say to that? What the key to a good day is calm, consistent, routine, with a little spice added to the stew. You know, like getting out and doing stimulating things. Yeah. yeah. The main skeleton of a good life for someone with Alzheimer's is like never argue with them. Always be gentle and kind towards them. My routines are important to me. Totally. Like I walk the dog at a certain time and that's the yeah. routine. And so that's what I always do. And so it's where you hang, you know, like the, that's the bones, the structure, the routine is the bones of your life. Yeah. And then everything else is what we layer on top of it. I do a lot of art. Uh, I do mandalas. Awesome. Do you want to see one? Yes. This is one that she gave to me. It's a one-eyed owl. It's beautiful. That is amazing. <laughs> so she's been like doing these. And okay, here's a really super interesting factoid about, about dementia and what it is. It's a really cool story. And I actually did a TikTok about it. But as dementia progresses, often things like language and communication degrade, but other, other senses and creativities emerge to the surface. And one of those is color, artwork. So Kathy was not really interested in doing art before she got dementia. Wow. After the dementia emerged, that her kind of obsession, I would almost say, yeah. with the colors and doing the art on a, like for hours every day. Yeah became a focal point of her life. Yeah. So bright side. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. Like what a gift to get out of it. I did have an art store, so I, I understood color really well. Yeah. But yeah. You were too busy making money. Well, I, I yeah. <laughs> that was a very successful business for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you couldn't like dive into the actual art side of it yourself. And now here you are doing it every day. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. I was going to ask what your daily routines like. It's really specific, like gets up, makes coffee the same way every day and walking to the dog at the same time eating at the same, everything at the same time. Those are the bones of my life now. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure that gives you a sense of peace just knowing what's coming. You know that at this point you're going to do X, Y, or Z or whatever it is. Exactly. But I'm start, I'm trying to like open that up a bit wider, uh-huh. you know, and just go out uh, on my own. And, and then of course I walk the dog and yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the cases of profound disability, like say you, you have severe autism, for example, so not knowing, so and someone puts you into the car. Imagine not knowing where the hell you're going. Like, right. that would be a really weird way to live. Yeah. Having no idea where people are taking you, what, you know. So having, you know, structure and routine gives you a sense of predictability, which mm-hmm. brings a sense of safety. Absolutely. Which yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. As far as medical help, are there any medicines that help slow the disease at all? Or is there anything that you're taking or anything um, like homeopathic that you found that works for you guys? I was taking a, a medication called Donapizil, but it was brutal. The side effects were yeah. horrible. Yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. So sure. right now I'm just on Trazodone and citalopram which is an antidepressant yeah alzheimer's drugs are the best that they can offer you is mildly slowing down the disease but what i really wanted to say was just because kathy had side effects to donapizil doesn't mean everybody would sure you can get really positive effects from the drugs kathy didn't but that doesn't mean people shouldn't explore that with their doctor that makes sense that makes sense and so you know we talked about like your daily routine and when you do the same things over and over, it makes you feel safe. And we talked about, you know, what a good day looks like, but what does a bad day look like for you? Do you have bad days? I guess occasionally, yes. Do you want me to help? Yeah. Kathy can become very emotional sometimes and weepy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the crybaby of the family. Yeah. So we don't like that when that happens. Although what we like to think about is just like laughter is a come and go situation. So is weeping. So is feeling sad. Like you can sustain no emotion for really that long. Yeah. So it's never like that Kathy gets blackly depressed. You know, there's a lot of things to be sad about. If you have a diagnosis of early onset Alzheimer's, it's a kick in the teeth. You know, it's a huge loss of a future that you'll never get to have. So that sucks. And I think it's appropriate to grieve that. And sometimes for Kathy, I think it just wells up and then it subsides. Yeah. And even on days when Kathy does weep or there is that sense of loss about what she's had to forego in her life, mm-hmm. it doesn't last long. And it just comes back and we always just, it's okay, it's okay. I always find it ironic how if we have, you know, feel for someone else's situation, it's compassion. But if we feel for our own, it's self-pity. That That's bullshit. Totally. Totally. So Kathy gets to indulge in those moments and kind of process a bit and then move on. Yeah. So that's about as bad as it gets, really. You guys are just incredible. I'm like over here, like glowing from you too. I love it. (laughs) Jean, you are retired as well. So both you sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I'm still working, but just not as much. Sure. So how, do, so how does it feel now that you are working a little bit, but you are also become pretty much the caregiver for your family? How does How is that working for you? I'm feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> things I do, like it's a lot, it can be overwhelming because Kathy until recently used to say, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid of what's happening, but 
I, on the other hand, am really pissed off about what's happening. I think it's so unfair. I, I feel grief about it on a daily basis, you know, and of course, yeah, I do have stuff on my shoulders, so I don't, I can't really afford to be breaking down all the time, although I do sometimes. But for the most part, we sort of uh, nourish one another, I would say. It's not just a one-sided there, like succubus from me, you know, taking all of my life energy. It's not like that. It's actually a good collaboration. I think so. And I think we support each other. And the, the other thing, too, is that Kathy and I have a blast. Like, we laugh a lot. We do. We get to do whatever the hell we want. We get to make TikToks all day, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. And, you know, we live in paradise. I mean, we've got it pretty good. And I think with you guys, like for me at least, watching and watching your TikToks, like you can just, you get to see a glimpse inside of your relationship together. Yeah. And even though Kathy has Alzheimer's and even though you're at your parents' house, like, you guys are just phenomenal people. I mean, you can tell that you're so positive that you are, you're sharing gifts with the world that I don't even know that you know you have. You know what I mean? I was shocked that people liked us this much. We were, I think we both were. Yeah. Just, I'm rife with imposter syndrome though. So stop it. Stop it. <laughs> That's amazing. You guys are so fun. You are. What do you think you guys have each learned about yourselves and going through all of this? Well, for me, I, I can definitely count on Jean to help me out. And she does help me out a lot. Well, I'm physically very strong. What about <laughs> mentally? I, I think I have some strength there too. A lot. Yeah. Like most people would get a diagnosis like what you got. And they would be a puddle on the floor, like. Right. But you just didn't. No, I didn't. You're amazing. Well, thank you. Say, now you're supposed to say, you're amazing, Jean. You are amazing, Jean. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I think what I've learned is just that life can be shitty. It's like that for every single human being on this planet, though. If you've ever heard of David Foster Wallace, he was like this amazing writer. And one of his best quotes, and I'll, I'm paraphrasing here, something like, you will get over worrying about how much people think about you when you realize how little they actually do, you know? And it's just good to be humble and realize that your life is not some flaming catastrophic situation. You're just lumped in with all of the rest of humanity and you just have to navigate your way through. And so that's kind of how we've, I mean, we're all gonna die, right? You know what someone said to me once in a TikTok comment, which I thought was profound, which was the one gift Alzheimer's gives you is that by the end of it, end of it you will not be in fear of your death so you will be at peace before you die i thought hey that's the best way to go <laughs> <laughs> i go up and not down <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. no that is profound though yeah that is that's well and like it's just changing the perspective on things right instead of sitting there thinking this is terrible this is negative like my life's over you change that perspective and you found different gifts gifts that you have now kathy and like your relationship is healed i mean exactly yeah. and with our parents too like all families there was like you know discord and shit that happened between us yeah. and like most people would of our age would just carry on ignoring their parents you know thanksgiving or christmas or whatever and everything would be unresolved and by us being forced to confront all those issues with our parents in close proximity yeah. and work it out it actually resolved a lot of that stuff which was amazing so cool yeah what has been the hardest part about this journey not being able to drive so a loss of of that i i just go with the flow for me the hardest part has been watching this happen to my sister and watching her suffer and knowing what she's lost 
And I just find that hard to accept. I think I find it harder than you actually do to accept. Maybe, yeah. So I get kind of stuck in that sometimes of just feeling bitter about it. But then I shake it off. Like anybody watching someone suffer, that, that is tough. Yeah, and interesting enough too, like you just said, isn't it funny sometimes how... Like I can get so defensive and so mad and so angry about people in my life that get hurt or are hurting. But yeah. sometimes when it's happening to you, you can just say it's okay and get through it. Yeah. But it's it's that love that you have for other people that it makes it that much yeah, harder. Mother screaming at her kid to stop running with the scissors, like sounding furious, but really actually just don't hurt yourself, whatever you right. do. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you hope the takeaway is of your story for our listeners? Well, I think that I'm uh, helping other people with Alzheimer's. We get lots of comments about the Alzheimer's and, and I like to share my story and maybe help other people. I can, I'm a great Alzheimer's <laughs> person because I know all about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For me, a takeaway has been social medias and, and, and that might sound like vapid, but what I mean by that is so there was Kathy and I kind of marinating in our own, like, oh, God, we're bored. It's a pandemic. There's nothing to do. How many Mandela's can Kathy do in a day? How much Twitter can I read in a day? And so we just kind of, like, stumbled onto TikTok and lurched onto a few, like, viral videos. And then it was amazing because if you look through our comment section and Kathy reads the comments, they're overwhelmingly positive, sweet, supportive. And there's thousands of them. There's like we're almost up to eighty thousand followers now, which is mind blowing in of itself. Yeah. yeah, to have all these comments every day and to know. So I'll be in my room and I'll be scrolling past, and someone will say, "You know, I lost my mother to Alzheimer's, and you're helping me remember her." And to know that Kathy's in the next room reading that same comment is like incredibly fulfilling. And so my heart feels full because while I felt isolated, insulated with my sister and myself. It seemed to blow the world open when we started talking about it. I know. So my takeaway is talk to people, connect to people. We we connected via social media, which is a great way now. But I mean, however method or format you choose to do it in, you'll find that once you reveal your weaknesses to people, they just love you even more. Yes. That's my <laughs> takeaway. Powerful. Yes, absolutely. We cannot thank you both enough for coming on here and for kind of giving us a glimpse into what it's like in the life of someone who has Alzheimer's as well as the life of the caregiver who's helping out. And you two are just, oh, I love you both. Like you're so, you're so great. But before you go, we have a couple fun little pop questions that we're going to ask you guys. So the first question is, are you sunrise or sunset people? I'm sunrise. I'm sunset. Ooh. All right. Are you winter or summer? summer? Summer. Are you dogs or cats? Dogs. dogs. Do you eat pineapple on pizza? Absolutely. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Do you do coffee or tea? Coffee. coffee. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, we cannot thank you guys enough for sharing your story with us. And mostly, thank you for being unapologetically you. Oh, thank, thank you. And you. It was really fun. Thank you it so was. much for having us. Yeah. Take care. We're so happy you joined us and we hope this story inspired you to be unapologetically you. Join us next time for another remarkable journey. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyyoupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Instagram and Facebook at unapologeticallyyoupodcast. And please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on so that we can continue to inspire you.